Thank you for tuning into Stepping Stones of Faith. Stepping Stones of Faith is a ministry of Claytonville United Brethren Church. Our service times are as follows. Sunday morning Sunday school starts at 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning worship starts at 10.30 a.m. If you would like to join us for any of these services, our address is 106 Elizabeth Street, Claytonville, Illinois, 60926. We hope to see you this morning. Father, thank you today. Lord, for your grace and mercy, help us to, Father, look to you for knowledge to the word. Grant understanding to us today. Minister to us. Be with Amy and the boys as they do Sunday school. Father, I pray that you would anoint Amy to teach. And Lord, uh, compel the boys to listen. And Lord, we thank you for that. May, us, may we all grow in grace and knowledge of you today through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Boys, may be dismissed to Sunday school. I am wearing two microphone, a microphone today because it's going to my phone. I'm trying something different. I don't like the audio that was on there before, so I tested my phone to see if a microphone would work in my phone for Facebook Live, and it did before. Let's hope it does today. <laughs> Praise the Lord for that. Turn with me, if you will. I'd like to turn your attention to Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 8, starting down and probably going down to verse 13 today. 1043 is the page number if you're in the Red Bibles. Hebrews chapter 4, 8 through 13. When you're there, say amen. amen. All right. This is a continuation of the writer of Hebrews' little description or treatise on rest for God's people. And he's been talking about the children of Israel. We can speak, we've been, he's been referencing the children of Israel and all these things. And he goes on, and he, he had talked about um, in verse 6, since therefore remains for some to enter it, and they do not, and they to whom it was first preached, do not enter due to unbelief. Again, he establishes a certain day. Today, saying through David, today, if you if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. And I had said last week that that was a indication for us. It transcends time that we should not harden our hearts toward the word of God. He goes on in verse 8 and he says, For if Joshua had given them rest, he would not have later spoken of another day. Therefore, a rest remains for the people of God. For whoever enters his rest will also cease from his own works, as God did from his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter that rest, lest anyone fail, fall by the same pattern, of unbelief. For the word of God is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of the soul and spirit of joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intents of the heart. There is no creature that is not revealed in his sight. For all things are bare and exposed to the, to the eyes of him 
to whom we must give account. There's a lot here, just in 12 and 13. But we're not going to skip over verses 8 through 10, 8 through 11. For if Joshua had given them rest, he would not have later spoken of another day. Therefore, a rest remains for his people of, people of God. Verse 10, for, for whosoever enters his rest will also cease from his own works. He's talking about rest. You know, we can look at creation, and it's referenced in creation. God, six days, did works, created for six days. For six days he created. The seventh day, he rested. We're supposed to take rest on that seventh day. Some people would say, well, that's Saturday, that's the Sabbath, that's the Seventh-day Adventist take on that. But Sunday is considered the first day of the week. And so that is our day of rest in the Christian, in the, in the evangelical calendar. That is our day of rest, Sunday. Do you ever think about that? I know some people, and I've known people, who literally don't do anything on Sunday. They really don't. They, they prepare a meal like beforehand, maybe in a crock pot or something, and that's the extent of their work for the day. They get all their housework done for that day on Saturday. They do all their laundry, do all their cleaning, do all that stuff. So Saturday they can just rest. And I think that's something that we can learn from. Now, we have two little kids, so that's a little bit difficult to, to do those kinds of things. But the fact remains, I think, that, we, that people in general, if you have children, start instilling that principle in their hearts at a young age. On Sundays, we rest. We rejuvenate for the rest of the week. God rested from all of his work. And Jesus is our example. Jesus is God. So if he's our example, God is our example. Shouldn't we follow the greatest example given to us by God? Shouldn't we follow that? He says... as God did from his, verse 10, for, who, for who, whoever enters his rest will also cease from his own works, as God did from his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter that rest, lest anyone fall by the same pattern of unbelief. What is this labor? We've talked about labor quite a bit. We've talked about the labor of, the labor of things that God wants us to do. We've talked about that. That labor is, is the work of God, the, the, the things that God wants us to do. That's labor. You know, we, we read our Bibles, we Bible study, that's labor. We come to church, we learn about God, that's a labor. And that's a part of labor that helps us to continue on through the rest of the week, to live out and do the things that we're called to do, to encourage us to continue on in the faith. If you, if you were called yourself a Christian, but never went to church, never read your Bible, how, how long did you think that would last in your spirit? Not very long. Not very long. We're to labor now so that we can have eternal rest later. We're not going to have 
the the work we have here there we might be given might be given re, re, responsibilities in heaven but it's not going to be a labor intensive thing we will enter the rest of god what does it say in the scripture it says that enter thou my rest good and faithful servant why would he say that if it wasn't going to be rest we're to labor do the work of God, witness, talk to people, read our Bible, come to church, do the Bible studies, do those things. Get into the Word of God so that you're equipped to do the things which God calls you to do. God calls us to do things. God calls me to preach. God calls me to be a witness. God calls us to be a witness first and foremost. He may not. He doesn't call everybody to be preachers. He doesn't call everybody to be missionaries. He doesn't call everybody to be evangelists. But he does call everybody to be a witness, and in that, in that is a labor. In its preparatory time, when you're studying the Word of God, it's preparatory time when you read the Word of God and pray. It's preparatory time in church to do that which you're called to do. If you don't do that, you're in danger of falling to unbelief. Unbelief is something that we have to really consider. We have to really consider that because that is something that can creep in very, very slowly. Things begin to change. Maybe somebody has a different perspective than you, and it makes sense. But maybe that perspective is not of God. But it makes sense. Pretty soon that creeps in. Pretty soon it kind of chips away at your faith, chips away at your heart, and you're in a pattern of unbelief. We reference that that uh, scripture where that soldier says, so told, told, told Jesus, Lord, help thou my unbelief. We, do, we, we can live very easily in an unbelief setting in our life by letting other things in. By taking to heart things people say. Unbelief. Society fosters unbelief. I had a question last week or week before last on the Bible study. Somebody asked me if I ever thought about making a commune for Christians here in Claytonville to step away from the rest of the world and to be separate I said no it's not biblical that's where you get into cults that's where you get into things like that we're not Amish we're not cult we're not a cult we are Christians we are called out to go and minister and to separate ourselves individually or corporately would be going against the scripture. So I basically said, no, that's not what the plan is. We're not all moving to Claytonville and saying nobody else is allowed except Christians. That is not what that is. That is a, that is a cult. That is something that is wrong and, a, and, and away from the word of God. See, we wouldn't know that if we didn't have the preparatory time. It sounded good. That's how you protect the faith. That's what this person told me. That's how you protect the faith. You separate yourself. No. 
You protect your own faith and you allow God to do the rest. If we protect our own faith and do what we're called to do, God will add to the church. Verse 12, For the word of God is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to, to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intents of the heart. For the word of God is alive. I have a problem with people who view the Word of God as a book. It is a book. It's paper and a cover and sewn binding or glued binding. It is technically a book. But I have a problem with people who only view it as that and nothing else. Who read it for academia purposes. That is not what the Bible is meant for. Yes, you can read it for academia purposes. Yes, you can. But it's not going to change you unless you approach it as it is, a living Word of God, a moving, working, living Word of God. It is active. Have you ever read the Bible and you read a verse, one part of your life, and it touched you, and then years later you read the same verse and it means something totally different? It has a different meaning to you? That's because it is living and it is active. It's sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit of the joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Word of God can cut through all the junk and get to the root of things. The Word of God says in Revelation that Jesus had a sword in his mouth that cut through everything when John's describing Jesus in the book of Revelation. Jesus is the Word. John chapter 1. The Word was God, the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is the Word. So Jesus, if we are living a life that is pleasing to God, his word should cut through everything, piercing the piercing and even, and even to the division of the soul and spirit of the joints marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's conviction. You ever thought of thought of doing something and you felt, well, maybe I shouldn't do that. That's the conviction of the Holy Spirit, the conviction of God telling you, I know your intent. And you shouldn't do it. And if you do, there's going to be a problem. Sometimes we go ahead and do it anyway. Sometimes we heed the warning. But usually when we go ahead and do it anyway, it never ends well, does it? I've been there. I know. I've done things anyway, thinking I knew better than God. But guess what? I don't know any better than God. God knows better than me. And it never ends well when you ignore the unctioning of the Spirit. God says, I know the intents of your heart. I know your thoughts. I know those things. God knows you and me better than we know ourselves. We can lie to ourselves and say, well, I'm doing this 
for this purpose. But really, you're telling yourself that, but really inside yourself you're thinking, well, this is what I really want to do. God already knew that. God already knows that. And God tries to change our mind, convict us of that sin. And sometimes we listen, and sometimes we don't. He says, There is no creature that is not revealed in his sight, for all things are bare and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. There is no creature, there is nothing that has not been revealed. So in other words, just let this blow your mind. You might be thinking of a sin a year down the road. You don't even know it yet. But you might try and think about, you might be thinking about a sin or sinning a year or two down the road. Guess what? God's already exposed it. He's already exposed it. All through eternity, there's nothing that he has not been, had been revealed. What's the Bible say? Your sin will find you out. You're not hiding from God when you have thoughts of sinful nature. You're not hiding from God when you close the door and you do the things behind closed doors that no one can see. You're not hiding from God. God knows those things. It's been revealed in His Word. And it's been revealed to His sight. All things are bare and exposed. Everything we do, every thought we have, whether good or bad, every action, good or bad, every step we take, good or bad, it's been revealed in His sight. For all things are laid bare and exposed. We're exposed. We're exposed before God. We cannot hide from God. We cannot hide from God. I used a term yesterday or the day before. I was doing Walk Through the Psalms with Shannon. Tuesday. No, it wasn't Tuesday. Thursday. Friday. Friday. One day. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. But we were doing a, a walk through the psalm. Doing Psalm 19. And one of the things that we brought out was this idea that we cannot hide from God. All things are exposed. All of it. The thoughts, the intents, things even we don't even realize down the road. All exposed in His sight. He knows it all. He's omnipresent. He's omnipresent. God is here, but God is overseas. God is here, and God is in another state. He's omnipresent, omniscient, and omnipotent. He's all-powerful, all-knowing, and everywhere. He knows. He knows that thing that I'm going to do tomorrow, even though I don't. He knows that thing we're going to do later, even though we don't. He knows. 
Because he's omniscient, he's all-knowing. It's been revealed in his sight. Now, something we need to understand, something I want us to understand in this situation. If we're sitting here today and standing here today, because I'm standing, and we're worried about something, that God might expose or has exposed, and we're thinking, you know, maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I, well, the thing we should do is we should say, well, if that's the way I feel, I need to repent. Believe me, I understand. I repent. I have to repent every day because I'm not perfect. I am not. You know what? If I sat here and told you I was perfect, you could run me out that door on a rail. Because I'm not, okay? I have to repent every day for thoughts, for deeds, for actions. I have to repent every day. Because I'm human. I'm a human being who has to deal with the sin nature, just like the rest of us. So this would beg us to question in and of ourselves, should I repent? And if you're thinking, well, this probably wouldn't be a good idea, then it's time to repent. Then it's time to say, God, help me to be more attuned to your voice. God, help me to be more attuned to your spirit and to listen to you. Because everything we're thinking about, everything we think that we can hide from God, you know, that little... That little thing in our heart, there's, our heart is a fantastic thing. Not the physical heart, but the spiritual heart. It's a fantastic thing. Yes, it is inerrant evil. Yes, it is black as sin. But when Jesus comes into our heart, he's that light that sh dispels the darkness. But some of us and some people, myself included, can have little dungeons and little things in the back, in the far crevice of our spirit that is locked away and nobody else knows but you. And guess what? So does God. Nobody else knows but you and also God. He wants to be the Lord of that little room too. He wants to be the Lord of not only the things that you're aware of, not only the things that people know about, but the things that people don't know about. The things that people, uh, you're, that we are trying to hide, myself included. Things that we hide, God wants to be Lord over those things, just like he wants to be Lord over the things we let him be Lord over. Because I'll be honest with you, I think we can all say, yeah, there are things that we don't want God to be Lord over. We don't want to be. We don't, we don't want God to be Lord over our opinions. We want to have our own opinion. We know there's, there's there's other things too, but opinion is a good thing. We all have them, right? Good, bad opinions. We all have them. Is Jesus the Lord of those? Do we allow God to be the Lord of our? Actions. Sometimes, sometimes not. Do we, you know, I'm truthful here. 
We need to think about those things. Right? We need to think about those things. God wants to be the Lord. It's all laid bare. It's all exposed anyway. So why not just repent of it and go on? That's, it seems to be, to me, it seems very simple. But I know it's not. I know it's not simple. It's hard to give up the things we're so used to. It's hard to change our state of mind when it comes to certain things. It's hard to change our opinion and give our opinion over to God, whether it's right or wrong. It's hard to do those things. You know why? Because we're human. We're sinful. We don't want to have, we don't want to relinquish control of our whole being to something or someone we cannot see. That is just human nature. That's human beings. But yet we're called to that. We are called to do that. So I want to I want to be have your takeaway here today to be this: If you desire a better relationship with God, and you know some things, and I believe you know, you do this one finger out. What's that? Three fingers pointing back at you, right? And a thumb. We all need to do this. We all need to say, God, if there's anything in my heart, if I'm thinking of things, if I'm unwilling to relinquish my whole self to you, then forgive me. Then forgive me. And help me to be better. We need to be that way. If we want to have a good relationship with God, we have to be that way. I've said this quite often. We need to be people of prayer, people of the word, and people of repentance. If we want to see God move, we have to be that way. Because if we're not, we're lacking. If we're not, we're lacking. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? I hope it wasn't too hard of a sermon. I'm not trying to step on anyone, bully anyone from a bully pulpit. That's not what I'm trying to do. But I want you to extort you to be better. God extorts us to be better every day. We're to be better today than we were yesterday. And better tomorrow than we are even today. God desires for us to grow. And we cannot grow if we refuse to heed the Spirit of God. We cannot grow. So, with that being said, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's ask God to minister to us today. Father, we thank you today, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for your peace. And thank you, Lord, for your, your grace and mercy once again. So much grace and mercy. The Bible says that every morning your grace, your grace is, your mercy is fresh, your grace is fresh every morning. Father, I pray that you administer to us today. Help us, Lord, to be people of repentance. If there are things in our lives, Lord, that hinder your work, Father, I pray you would beckon us to repentance and you would shine the light on those things in our hearts that we would, we would repent, that we would turn to you and relinquish those dark places, those dark corners, those dark rooms that we think no one else knows about. Father, I pray this and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Well, God bless you. I hope that our hearts are filled with praise every day. Even though we go through difficult times in life, we can praise God that he's with us. We can praise God that he sees our hurts and he hurts with us. We can praise God that he sees our victories and he sees our sorrows. We can praise God for everything. All the day long. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen. And may he bless you today and give you a good day today. May he give you a good week this week and minister to you as you go through your week. May God bless you and minister to you. Thank you for listening to Stepping Stones of Faith. I pray that you find value in this content. You can also find an audio podcast of this program on all the major podcasting platforms. Just type Stepping Stones of Faith into the podcast search bar. Once again, I'm Pastor Josh. Thank you for joining me today.